Does that does that aggravate you, Josh? No, that Robert. Was, that was my Muppet impression. I would like Kermit no. It's the not. It's not it a was. Muppet impression. It, it was. It was. It's, no, it's this guy's I, talking. No one cares. That's what that says. Entry music. It's the Bob and Josh show. Today's topic is chapter three. Yes. Part. Chapter, no. Yes. Yeah. Let me get it in. Part two. Uh, or chapter uh, three, as, yeah. as some of us like to refer to it in our launching your own startup, your own company. Before yeah. we do that, though, speaking about launching things. Bob and I, as I assume you heard, launched our personal Agile assistant. Oh. So we took all 260 plus episodes, loaded them up into a chatbot. No, you, you did now, not, Josh. We did. We did. And did now, you took the combined wisdom of 14 years of Bob and Josh? Yes, it took. A long time like we started bringing down servers the cia called and said like hey what are you doing uh, but i got a that. special grant from the president to allow us to do that so we're clear there but now for the small price of five dollars a month like just like no. buy, but yeah buy us a coffee our buy wisdom coffee. is priceless oh my god i know we're we're giving it away man we're i'll tell you what away. yeah you can ask us any question you've ever wanted to ask 24 7 you just log in to store.medicast.com, sign up for your membership, and ask away. And I gotta yeah. go. I, I have to visit Walter. So yeah. I'm getting old, Josh. I don't remember what I said. So this is a boon to me. I can go there and say, what did Bob, what does Bob think? There have already been people that's uh, asking Walter, which is, which is the name that we gave it. Uh, there's a long story that... That I do explain that's on our website. Uh, they have asked uh, about word count and who talks the most. And Walter has an opinion. Actually, he doesn't have an opinion. He has the facts based on yeah. based on the 14 days worth of us talking. If you stack all of that together, it's literally 14 days of Bob and I talking. So use that to your advantage. Because uh, we only do this once a week, but now, anytime, anywhere, you can do that. And I've got some improvements in mind that I'm working on, you know, Ooh. behind the scenes. So, all right, let's get back to chapter three. Chapter part three. Two. No, part two. Uh, no, part. <laughs> <laughs> that's, <laughs> that's next episode. <laughs> uh, chapter three is all about. You've done all the prep work. It's time to hit the launch button. What are the things you should do? What are the things you're going to run up against? What are the things you've never even done before that now you have to do? And that's what we're aiming to provide to you is clarity on that third step of launching your own business. What first comes to mind for you, Josh? I, I, I mean, an early thing is pricing. I think like having a feeling for pricing was that, yeah. but that may not be first. What do you think? I mean, pricing is a very good discussion. I would love to have that with you, Robert, uh, because we generally live on opposite sides of the spectrum there. Well, no, well, we do. Yes, we do. We do. We do. You gave me the, you gave me the death look there. <laughs> yes. You know, but pricing is a conundrum. It is. It, it's so yes we have different perspectives and i'm not even getting defensive because it's it's you and i've talked about it too many times but uh it is i think everyone i talk to struggles with it is figuring out your worth so one of the things to hit the button uh is you i is you need to have a, an idea of your pricing i like having a pricing sheet like a handout that i can send to someone with ranges on it and if i have different service offerings what are those service offerings um, if, if, if I'm going to do deposits or something like that, so it's not just pricing, like if I'm going to charge for travel. So if I have some travel dynamics or whatever, uh, the pricing sheet is an easy thing that I can send to people. Uh, now what to put on the pricing sheet is, is a challenge. Um, Josh, I'm, I'll just sort of circuit Josh, your view is go high 
and, yes. and I'm not, and I'm not dinging you. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's, it's go high. Mine is sort of, I don't know, I not go low, but go, but I don't value myself. The best way I think about it is I don't value myself enough sometimes. And then I go low. Uh, yeah. Now that doesn't mean I'm, I go super low. I'm still competitive above average coaches, whatever that means. But, but when you become a boutique or a specialized service offer, I think that becomes challenging. Like Josh, you do some fractional work, I think, or you've historically done some price. So how do you, how pricing that could be a challenge as well? Like what is the market dynamics? Yeah. Having relaunched Kazi, you know, six, seven months ago, I had to re-figure out pricing. And my approach was I went on LinkedIn or any other place where folks are listing hourly needs. And I looked at the pricing range that, that they were offering for that per hour. And I started there. Naturally, I cranked it up a little bit. Uh, two reasons that I do that, and this is this is a this is a mindset thing with Josh, is that no one's going to pay you more unless you up the price. You know, you like no one's going to say, "Oh, okay, so you want to charge us a hundred dollars an hour? We're actually going to give you one fifty. Uh, like that just doesn't happen. So if you want to increase the price then you have to do it yourself knowing the risk that people might walk away and just being ready for it. Uh, Second is that a higher price presents some exclusivity. Like, wait a minute, why is this guy charging 100 and this guy's charging 200? Uh, Is this guy really that much better? So it does it does in turn limit some of the opportunities that you may have, but also it opens doors where you've priced yourself as an exclusive offering and it's, it's perceived in that way. Now, of course you have to deliver, you have to deliver on that. You can't just like put a big price tag on it. You know, it's like spending a hundred thousand dollars and getting a Yugo, which many of you guys are not old enough to remember the Yugo. Uh, but a very inexpensive small car that I think if you hit the rear bumper the wrong way, it would explode or something crazy like that. I know that was a thing back in the eighties. So that's the, that's the mental state that I have. The other thing that I do is I keep experimenting and I crank that price up each time and see when I break or when it breaks the market. So that's the, that's the thing that I do. And I, and I just keep turning that crank and, and right. see him when people are like, dude, you're crazy. And then at that point, then I dial it back and I've understood that I've pushed the market about as far as I can. And then that's when I settle in. I mean, one quick reaction, Josh, when you were talking to me, it, it it's that decision of what are my service offerings? Are they generic service offerings broad or are you a boutique? provider of unique services and you you've you're more boutique uh like fractional services and things like that or Mm -hmm. you know so the the more unique you are i'm just emphasizing that for the metacasters like if you were if you were an agile trainer well then that's not a boutique that's you're competing with every trainer on the planet earth you're going to have to bring your prices down or you're going to have to become aware of what what is the price composition right what is a competitive landscape the more you the more you narrow that the more you can go high so so do that that's one of the things that actually in my thinking that i struggle with am i you know how narrow am i or how broad am i and it changes based on the service offerings mm-hmm. but but i think the point before you hit that button you need some pricing uh and josh says something important he revisits it like i update my price sheet annually uh, so I, I revisit it every year and I update my prices every year, uh, usually, and, yeah, uh, yeah. and and do something like that. So you need to have that ready uh, and you can't fumble around with it. You, you can't guess. You want to be, some of this stuff is part of hitting the button is what if someone approaches you 
the minute you hit the button, a prospective client reaches out to you and sends email. So this is the stuff to get ready for. So pricing is one of those. Um, I'd say having some contracts in your back pocket. Uh, this is where maybe your peer group, like what would you write? If, if I, if I, if I connect to Josh and I like him, Josh, I want to bring you in to do some agile coaching. And he's, he wants to do that. Josh, send me a quote tomorrow. Right. Well, what, you know, I, he just hit the button. Now he doesn't want to show fear. He wants to sure, Bob, <laughs> it'll, it'll, it'll yeah. be there. Yeah. But behind the scenes, he's, he's scrambling a little bit. Right. And he's going to reference his price sheet for that. So it'll help with that as well. So have some, kind of a template or something some idea of what what you're how you're going to respond to requests for quotes uh, i have a, a what i call a statement of work template that i've used it's an i fill out a brief it's a i have an agile mindset so i try not to write 20 pages it varies between like two to three three pages to six or seven pages depending on the scope and that's the template i use to fill in so that I can respond quickly. So you have to have something, I think. Josh, would you agree, disagree with that? I do agree. One of the things that came up in chat, I think is worth talking about. Um, do you price it hourly or per project? Do you have a retainer? Uh, one of the things that I, uh, you know, being an agile guy, pricing per project, I can't do that. Like my brain just doesn't work in that manner. I have, so I started with hourly and then I started to run in to issues where I couldn't get the hours I planned or expected because of issues on the customer's end. So what I've gone to is a weekly rate. And if they're slow and dragging their feet on things or something happens and I can't do the work that I need, then that doesn't cost me. It costs them. So that's a, and it's a good like poke for them to be like, we got to get rolling. You know, we're spending money and we're not getting action and we know it's our fault. So that's, that's a switch I've made very recently that is working and it, and it does, drive a bit more action with the with the customers now i think that's the nature of your service offering josh you offer like you you're offering fractional support uh maybe it's full-time week or maybe half-time week or something yeah. like that but weekly makes sense uh, i do something so i don't do hourly either hourly to me is just awful uh, and it, and one of the reasons, I mean, just the tracking is awful sometimes. Yeah. And it, and I think it leads to nickel and diming you, mm -hmm. uh, and resentment on both sides. Uh, so I like to, I, I, if I was doing what you were doing, I would probably go to weekly. I, I do daily. Mm -hmm. uh, oh, yeah. and, yeah. I, and I, and I also ask people to buy days in advance. So it's sort of like a retainer. Yeah. Uh, like if you want me, you know, we do a forecast of uh, training classes are easier. So for classes, I just, you know, I just price the, the students or whatever for the number of days. Uh, if it's coaching time, then you buy three days of coaching time. And then there's a period of time that you, I want you to use it or lose it. Now, mm -hmm. I've never had the courage to actually make someone lose it. Maybe once or twice. I try not to be a, a jerk about it, but at the same time, I want them to, I don't want, I want folks to take my time seriously mm -hmm. and to use it, which is what you're doing with the weekly rates as well. Yeah. It, it's surprising for me as people that when they approach boutique, uh, consultants like J Josh, you and I are or coaches or whatever, people can be very wasteful with our time. Uh, yeah. and, and, and it's really, it's costing, I mean, we're pricey, we're pricey resources, mm -hmm. uh, and they're still, you would think that they would be very sensitive to time. Uh, so I want to put the, I think it's important to try to put that burden on them. Yeah. Agreed. Agreed. Um, uh, what else? Okay. We, so hit the, hit the button. What else? Yeah. Marketing. We need to get the word well, out, right? Actually, I want to stay in the, in the pricing realm. Okay. Uh, okay. So, so you hit that button, the scenario that Bob threw out, it's like day two and a customer is like, I'm ready to go. I want to hire you. We talked about the contracts. There's a ton of templates out there. Uh, you know what I'm going to say, ask chat GPT to create a, a contract for you. I have done that and it worked pretty darn well. 
So there's lots of ways that you can get that uh, or ask friends. You know, I have asked Bob and Bob has shared things with me that helped me get started many years ago. What will inevitably happen is that you will be squeezed on your price. Yeah. No matter what, they're going to come back and say, okay, you're this much. Can you do it for this much? What do you do at that point? And there's two, I assume there's two schools of thought. Uh, there's the build your prices so that you can negotiate down. Or there's the, nope, that's my price. I am a, nope, that's my price kind of guy. <laughs> Uh, just because I, I, I don't like that process. I don't like the dance. I don't, when I attempt to hire somebody, I, I, I don't lowball them and hope I can get them for cheaper. I pay them what I think they're worth. And then like, that's where the dialogue ends. It's like, Hey, I, I, I want to hire people to be happy and comfortable where they're at and not always be thinking, gosh, I wish I could make some more. So I like solve that problem right at, right out of the gate. So I do the same thing when I'm on the other end and it's like, this is the price. Um, I understand you would like it to be lower, but this is, this is what the market says I'm worth. And this is what it is. I, I think having a pricing sheet, like I was, we were talking about Josh and sending, I like to send it early. Mm -hmm. Uh, what I learned in working with consulting firms and things is they had a tendency to talk about pricing later. Yeah. Uh, and, and, and then I followed their lead over the years. I just started, I started realizing that I wanted to get my pricing in front of those folks as soon as possible. So they knew, uh, that, that in order to engage me, that th this is what it would cost. Yeah. Uh, and I think that helps. And then, and then I have the same philosophy you do. I may, you know, you and I'm, I may be low, lower than you, uh, but I don't negotiate. Yeah. I, I, I don't. I think in twenty years of doing this, or slightly more. Gosh, I'm trying. To, I can't even remember. I don't negotiate. Yeah. Uh, right. It's just that this is the price. Like, like this is what it's going to cost. You want me now? I think you have more gravitas to do that. The more boutique you are, like we were talking about, the narrower you are the more niche you are, clearly the options are less. So I think you have more, uh, Josh, you and I probably fall closer into that category. We, we have this option to non-negotiate. I think yeah. if you are a commodity provider and you, and, and there's eight gazillion people out there, then you probably have to be willing to flex. Uh, I just, at, at another level, I don't like how it makes me feel. Yeah. Right. I just don't, I, I just feel like, so it's cheapening me or something. I just don't, I don't like the way it feels. So, yeah. Uh, yeah. And it is scary when you say that. So it's not like Bob and I do it with, with confidence. You know, we, we uh, stick our neck out there say, no, this is the price knowing that we could lose the deal. Yeah. And you know, you have to be at a spot where you're comfortable with that. And as you're launching your business, you might not be. You might just need customers. The same thing happened to me. Someone called and said, hey, hey, can you do training? And the answer was yes. And, you know, how much are you going to pay me? It, was, it wasn't like I even, had a, I even had a price. It was just like, I need the money. I'm going to do this thing and you're going to pay me. That's reasonable. Let's go. Uh, so as you're evolving with your business, your approach to pricing, negotiation, um, should change, you know, don't lock it in because you're evolving, learning, developing right. new skills, all of that stuff. So, uh, but right. right out of the gate, you may have to be more flexible just, just to get the revenue rolling, yep. but don't let that become the norm. I, I would agree. Um, the, the sales call I, I wrote down as we were talking a few minutes ago, I, I think there's be prepared. So, and I want to see if you agree mm -hmm. and if not, we can skip it. So we hit the button, mm -hmm. we have a price sheet, we have a contract, but I jumped the gun. We're going to get on a zoom call with a, with a client or we're going to go face to face or whatever. Uh, and we're going, because they don't, we don't know each other. 
right we don't know the context so to me there's that you know getting getting comfortable and adept at those first yeah. that first call first contact right at, <laughs> with an alien force yeah. first contact yeah and and what does that look like and having having a recipe um the other thing for me josh that i struggle like like blowing your own horn you know yeah. i'm not comfortable yeah but and, and i mean I have a horn to blow. I mean, I've been doing this for a long time. I've got books, et cetera. You got a I tuba. Still, I, I got a tuba, and I still am really uncomfortable blowing my horn. I'm hoping that they know what the horn says so that I don't have to do it myself. <laughs> it's so lame. Uh, but but I get better at that. The other thing is listening. It's not just you talking. It's it's getting uh, getting adept at asking the right questions and really shutting up and listening and really peeling the onion with understanding both what they're asking for and what they're really asking for what they what they're asking for versus what they need and doing that mapping. So Josh, can you do you agree with that call? The dynamics yes. of the call and do you have any secrets or ideas around that? This is where. I found that really leaning into your brand and being consistent with that and the work you've done with your brand to write that uncomfortable tooting your own horn stuff, just reuse that. And, you know, as you talk about it, you're going to present it different than the words on a screen. But in part two, in chapter two, You've done the homework so that you have content to talk about. Listening is also key for a bunch of reasons. Number one, understanding, is this going to be a good customer to work with? Like, are they ready for this type of change or um, was it forced upon them? So understanding their <clears throat> uh the catalyst that got them here as to why they said, Hey, we're going to go get Josh. Right. Knowing that knows the mindset that those folks are going to be in. And it gives you some insight into how bumpy the road might or might not be. Uh, second, just like getting to know them so that you can form the relationship to have a potentially difficult discussion down the road you have to start laying the groundwork now um, so yes it's a business call but also you have to invest in understanding who that human is and helping them learn you so that when you know your responsibility as that consultant is is to tell this person something they probably don't want to hear they aren't going to like if you haven't put the time in up front then it won't be received as well. So take an opportunity to collect info, but also to lay the foundation for the difficult discussions that will very likely come up uh, in the not too distant future. I, I like what you said, Josh. I, I sometimes, and I, I don't think about this. It's more seamless for me nowadays, yeah. but now it's making me think about it. Um, is um, I, I give away a little coaching or consulting in the call. Yeah to see to part of it now i have to be careful so i don't give away too much but to see how they respond like hard hard advice uh, and challenge them sometimes or it, dep it depends on the flow i'm not a jerk but what i want to do is give maybe this is the best way to say it i try to give them a full dose of what bob's going to look like yeah so they can experience a full bob not a marketing or a salesy bob but but what would be real and and see how see how they react uh and if i don't do that i'm making a mistake i, I try to do that as early as possible mm -hmm. and if and if and if they call me back that's great it was a win and if they don't that's great it was a win as well uh, because if, if i can't if we can't communicate in that first call if we can't connect then it's it's going to be hard to work together yeah uh, the other thing i used to do i haven't done it in a while COVID impacted this i used to do mm -hmm. what i called it's just lunch and, and and it's just lunch was uh, a free one hour uh, of I would go on site like a sixty minute ninety minute little presentation about something, do some open Q and A like and ask me anything. Uh, I'd get a chance. So what's in it for them was some free coaching and getting to know me. What was in it for me was observing the landscape. Yeah. Right. The culture, 
the people and really getting a sense of not just what they were asking for, but what I thought they needed. Uh, and it helped me craft an SOW. So this was part of my pre-sales process. I haven't done an It's Just Lunch in a long way. You could do them virtually pretty easily as well. But I've always got traction out of that. Some of my biggest client explosions were related to when I was rushing and I didn't do enough of this stuff up, up yeah. front. Yep. Yep. Okay. So we've got the price sheet. We've handled the negotiations. We've talked to the customer. They signed the contract. How are you doing that? Are you using DocuSign or I think I use like PandaDoc or something. So get something that's relative. I think Adobe even offers it now of like contract signing with tracking and all so, of that and emails so, and blah, blah, blah. So Josh. Yeah. So, so I use, I'll, uh -oh. I'll show you my tool. Uh -oh. I, I use, I use a pen on paper and then I, and then I smoke signal it back and do forth. you fax it? I no. But I, but I do PDF scanning. Yeah. Uh, so I haven't, uh, so am I, do I have some work to do, Josh? I think so. I mean, it works for you. Uh, yeah. I would, I would automate it if you're starting new. That's um, true. Yeah. That's, that's probably yeah. true. I, I'm just kidding around. I, I think there's a step that we missed though. Yeah. I mean, we, we jumped, it was sort of made sense. We jumped to the contract loop, but there's this big step of, you hit the button and it's related to what we were talking about. It's like, get the word out, right? LinkedIn posts, a newsletter, uh, you know, stop the presses, the New York times pay for a full age, full page ad in the New York times. We got to get the word out. What, what, what are some ideas around that? So we go back to branding at that point and all of the work that we've done and we spent a fair amount of time in the branding episode talking about you have to start now. You have to develop that voice. You have to create content so that there's a, there's a backlog effectively of you and providing people the capability to understand your approach uh, up front. And they kind of know you before they call, which is, very helpful. But if you haven't done that, then you got to get cranking on it. And LinkedIn is always a good place to start what I've found. Every, yeah, every job I've had, except for that one training job that came out of left field, was directly tied to the content that I created. Uh, I don't do the, the newsletter like Bob is a newsletter guy uh, and I'm sure he does it because it generates customers and all that stuff. Uh, I have not taken that approach yet. Uh, should I probably, uh, but I am, I am not there. I think one thing that that does provide for Bob that I don't have is that steady heartbeat of like, Hey, I'm here. I'm in your inbox. Um, I'm not in inboxes. I'm in notifications on websites right. that you go right. to. So there's a different approach that I've taken. Uh, I don't know that it's better. It's worse. It is. I think it's, I think it's I less think it's, than what Bob does. I think Bob does a much better job creating consistent content than I do. I was going to pay you and say it's worse, but, but you, you navigate it. Yeah. But, but when, when a contract ends, then you have to re, reignite so what i'm saying so it's the heartbeat that i'm arguing yeah i i think it's not the newsletter everyone it's you know do whatever you want but you need a heartbeat uh, you know a heartbeat where like every day you should be on linkedin uh doing something just responding you don't have to be writing you can respond to something you can be sharing a story a success story with a client so you need this you need to create that that heartbeat before you even do that though i think that, that you're hitting the button tomorrow I want you to send a direct message to everyone that you think not, I don't want you to broadcast it. So not just a post on LinkedIn. So have one of those, right? So have a blog post or have a, something that you reference and put it and make a big deal, have balloons or whatever little like balloons, unicorns. I don't give a, I don't care, but you need to make a big deal in whatever like generationally for me, a big deal 
is inviting people out for bourbon or something like that. But mm -hmm. th there's different generations to create buzz uh, in a variety of mediums. You need to create the buzz. But in addition to that, I would say start reaching out to people individually, that personal relationship touch, yep. uh, not just for business, but reach out to Bob Galen and say, Bob, I just opened the doors to my business and I want and and please keep that in mind. And here's my here's my boutique offerings. And I need your help. Give me some help. I need some momentum. And so that personal touch. So it could be to people who are prospective clients, but it's also now you're activating your network and and, and don't do this on a broad, broadcast. Yes but point to point. I know it's a lot of work, but suck it up and get the, get the darn word out uh, about your business and, and generate buzz, generate some buzz. Yeah, one of the things that will crush your heart and crush your soul is when you're talking to somebody and they're like, oh, I didn't know you went off, went off on your own. Exactly. That's your fault, right? Like exactly. just exactly. prevent that from happening. Make sure it's clear that, Hey, I'm doing my own thing and this is what's happening. Otherwise people don't even know you have an offering. So it means you're going to have to do it repetitively and in different places and different tools and methods like, like Bob does. Uh, but there's nothing worse than somebody saying, Oh, I didn't know you were doing that. Exactly. Right, because you know, you failed at that point. <laughs> like it's, it's like, ah, oh, crap. I didn't do a good enough job of like letting people know this is happening. So don't let that happen. Always have that in the back of your mind that um, it's on you to prevent that from happening. It's not that they aren't paying attention. It's that you haven't done a good enough job putting it in the right spots. Absolutely. And, and, and don'ts, Stephen just said something about, you know, when you land a contract. So it's not just startup buzz. You need a big bounce startup buzz before you hit the button and after you hit the button. But then you need this heartbeat going. And like if you have a success, uh, if you're ending a contract, let people know I am the contract. And it was and, and then embellish it or, or speak truth, whatever. And it was and it was a resounding success. It ended early because I kicked ass uh, and and it really went very well. And now I'm ready to help you. So it's it's sort of looking for those those opportunities to do that. Uh, but you got to you got to get over it. And I want this. This is where you're activating your network. Now you're going to remember we were talking about continually building your network. And this is where you're activating your friends, your colleagues, your past past folks you worked with, etc. You really want to put some thinking into this. And and don't oh oh they don't care or they won't remember me. No no. You need to not be shy about activating your network. Hey Josh. Yes sir. I think I missed something. I want to bounce it off of you or we miss something well maybe i did no you did uh, uh well it doesn't matter um, excuse me all right i did <laughs> it was in the, remember the um that call you know we're having that sales pre-sales yeah. stuff yeah uh, the thing i wanted to uh, an important point i think is you, we need st you need stories to tell it's <laughs> so when you're you can't just say, trust me, I'm Bob Galen. I wrote a book about product ownership and I can help you with that. Uh, one of the things I, I do, I'm pretty good at it because I have a history of, I can start detecting what they're looking for. And then I can talk about a client situation where, uh, and this how, is how we handled it here. Uh, so those stories to tell that start mapping your experience to gain confidence. Now, if you're hitting the button and it's new, you need to mine your previous jobs for that experience. It doesn't matter if it's consultative or as an employee, it matters that you have these success stories or stories to tell so that you can map it to what the, 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 cut, the prospective customer is talking about. And I found that that really connects the dots that it gains confidence. And they'll ask questions about it. Oh, and why did you do that? And I'm like, well, we started that way and it failed. And then we went here. So there might be a little bit of depth to the discussion. Josh, mm -hmm. would you agree that we need to have a little bit of a story repository or something? Yeah, to do that? I don't know how else you close the, close the deal. And yeah. you have those stories. You have to mine them and refine them because you likely wouldn't be confident enough to step out and do your own thing without the successes that 
that you've had. So they're there. So don't think you don't have any, you have them. You just have to put the work in to identify them, kind of package them up in your brain in, into like, this is how I'm going to talk about that. And then just, just so you're not like stumbling around. And what I've done to do that is I, those are a part of my website. So I've had to package yeah, it yeah. up in a consumable yeah. way of like, here's things Josh has done that you would probably like to have done in your company. Yep. And so that's yep. forced me to package them in a small enough bite that people can read it and say like, yeah, that would be exactly. awesome. Exactly. Yeah. Uh, did you use chat GPT for that? So you really didn't write the stories. You just said, write a hypothetical story that Josh would have had if he would have been actually not using chat GPT. And, and did no, you get that, so that for that instance, I wrote them. And then when I, no hired, way, when I hired a branding consultant, she rewrote them. So she effectively did the AI thing for me, except for she was a human. <laughs> yeah. uh, because, because I recognize like, you know, like they made sense, but they didn't feel like I wanted I'm, them to I'm feel. With you. So I, yeah. So I, so I went and got some help and it, and it did make a difference. Uh, like I, I am much more proud of my website now than I was a year and a half ago. Yeah. Uh, so getting that, that help there's early in my, go ahead. Uh, there's, there's, there's one thing that caught me along the way that I wasn't ready for. It's your accounting tool and oh. how you manage that. And the first time someone says, Hey, send the invoice. You're like, oh. uh, you're what, right. what, what do I do? How You're do I right. do that? All of that stuff. Uh, so make sure you have that infrastructure in place so that when that happens, another thing that I found to be very important is early on in, in the discussion, not only talk about the price, but like the payment terms yes. is that, Hey, uh, I am going to send you an invoice every week and I expect it to be paid like next week. Or are they going to say, we only pay once a month. And get that understanding before the gig starts because I've been caught times where uh, they only paid once a month. So I was expecting some revenue to come in that was yep. delayed by a couple of weeks. And so I had to juggle and manage that. But have that discussion up front. Use, use, a, use a tool to manage invoices and all of that. I mean, PayPal has a simple... So if you're using PayPal for simple transactions, and I, I do that for some business, then it has an electronic invoicing, which is relatively easy. I also use something called, what what is it? Oh, Zoho has a business function. I've used that for a number of years. Yeah. But but Josh, Josh nailed a point. Um, and uh, to have that, to have that ready, to, to have that ready, depending again on your terms, Mm -hmm. uh, like I like deposits, so I'm actually sending an invoice, you know, if we're ready to, you know, the minute we sign off in the contract, actually before sometimes I want to deposit before I reserve the time. So invoicing could be very early in the process for me. Yeah. And I want to do that. Yeah. I, uh, I uh, do something similar. I call it a lock-in fee. Like, yeah. Hey, you want to lock me in for this period of time, then you have to like prove you're serious and pay this up front. Now, going back to the stories real quickly, everyone, mm -hmm. what I was going to say is this is an area where I really messed up early on, like, like decades ago or a couple, you know, 15 years ago, I didn't have the stories. I didn't mind. So I didn't mind my job very well. I felt reluctant to map my job stories to consulting stories. And so I just was like a, you know, I didn't have, so I would just ask questions and stuff. I wouldn't, they weren't good calls. Uh, I wasn't gaining confidence. I wasn't building relationships that way. So you, you have to, so part of this button is practice that stuff. Uh, get it ready. Mm -hmm. uh, don't hit the button. Uh, otherwise you'll just miss, you'll, you'll erode your confidence and you'll erode, like these are proximity customers. These are good targets because they may generate then an outward proximity if you do a good job, you can mm -hmm. generate references and things like that. So you don't want to blow it on the entry. And I, I was not a good storyteller and I was not a good communicator. Yeah. 
and 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 it was part of it was my confidence or maybe my introversion josh mm -hmm. it, it related to my pricing and this was years ago but it it was really awful i wouldn't have hired me uh just based on the, the those initial first connections and things like that there's a bit of hubris you have to have there's a bit of you know sticking your chest out there's a bit of storytelling i mean particularly the more you're getting into this boutique areas you have to do that now again this this talk is or the series is around well opening your shingle for the first time so there's some practice you can do or get a coach to help you like practice some of these things but get a do a little readiness you don't want to blow these calls right. you want to kind of you want to come out of the gate not just with you know sort of marketing momentum but but hubris when you know it's it's like you want to set an impression uh, uh from the get-go with each client who's reaching out to you yeah just just understand the scenario that is created this company is recognized they want to do something they also were smart enough to recognize they don't know how to do it so if you're going to pay somebody money to come in and do something you don't know how to do you need to be confident that this person actually knows what they're talking about and has some experience. Like you wouldn't hire somebody to come down and cut a tree down. And you're like, tell me about the trees you've cut down. Well, you know, I didn't. and then the next thing, you know, a trees on your house, you know? So you have to do the same thing of creating that confidence that, yep, I've done this before. Here's an example. And, a nice thing is to be able to tweak that site slightly and say, I think a lot of what I did with customer X, Y, and Z, you probably don't use customer names, but uh, can apply here based on what I understand. And that gives them confidence that you actually have already figured, like you're like ahead of the game and you have thoughts and ideas of how you're going to come in and make a difference as opposed to, you know, sitting back and waiting to figure it all out. But those stories are, and they're all there. Like no one listening to this with intent of starting their own business has zero stories. They're there. You just have to go find them and create and refine them. So Josh, I'm going to show some vulnerability and take Ooh. a walk on the wild side. Ooh. And I don't know if you're going to agree or disagree with this. I, I honestly don't know. But uh, but here we go. Okay. Metacasters. You have to now all of this being said and it's related to stories it's related to that contact uh you have to be ready to bullshit the customer a little bit you have to be ready to you may not know all the answers or may you may not have a story uh, yeah. you have to have some confidence to say i can learn that i can learn that or i can talk to josh and figure it out in in order to do a good job so you're you're so there's going to be at least in my there's like an 80 you know there's a 20 percent bs or i'm going to figure it out someone said to me consultants don't will not know everything they just need to know where to find the information by the time they need it to deliver it to a client right and they need to have the confidence that they they, they need to have the confidence that they, they they can do that confidently so mm -hmm. no one knows that they're bullshitting that's the other thing you can't you can't let them know that you're pulling things out of thin air. Uh, and, and again, not 100%. You can't bullshit everything. <laughs> well, you can. Uh, well, actually, you can. There's quite a few people that do that nowadays. That's that's not a good strategy longer term. Yeah. Uh, but, but what I'm saying is you're not going to have 100% knowledge. And you, you have to have that ability to really sort of navigate that, that gap. Josh, what do you think? Uh, I agree. I don't, that's, that's what excites me, uh, is that challenge of something. Maybe it's a little bit further than I've gone before with previous things and knowing there's an opportunity, an opportunity for me to learn and grow. Uh, for my mind, I really struggle just rinsing and repeating. So while yes, I'll, I'll do it. That excitement isn't there. And for me, that's powered by a, um, what I believe to be healthy, others might think it's unhealthy, uh, confidence in my capability to learn in the moment and read and react. 
So again, like Bob has his own thoughts on whether that's healthy or unhealthy. Um, it is larger than most. So we'll just, we'll just say that I have higher confidence, whether it's warranted or not, you can be, you can be the judge. Certainly get that. But that's, that's one of the things that gets me fired up is like, Oh yeah, this is something new, something different. But in my head, it's not, it's not, Oh, I've, like I'm starting from scratch. It's, oh, I've done something like that, but not exactly right. like that. So maybe if I tweak this, it'll work. Yeah. Uh, I yep. am not, I don't think I would go into a situation where, um, where it's all new. I think I would Correct. have a hard time presenting myself as like, hey, I can, I can do this even though I've never done it, you know? So not having a story that aligns even loosely. I would probably bail on that just because like my conscience would. Well, that's the right thing. That's the right. I'm I'm talking about though. I've I've seen consultants who hit the button, Josh. Yeah. And, and they tell a hundred percent truth. And so there's a situation and say, but you know, and then they start doing butts, but you know, I haven't really done it. Oh, I haven't done it at that scale. And, oh, you know, you want, and, and so they start, nickel and diming themselves based on their experience you'll never match i mean it's a it's a new client so if you have the mindset that everything is new even the context is new so it's new well then we're always going to be going with with unknowns with ambiguity yeah Uh, that's we have that skill you've had that skill as a permanent so so all i'm getting at is is i'm giving you permission metacasters to throw a little bit of bs around there just you you have to be Mm self-aware uh and that you can to josh's point and and i agree with josh josh can learn josh is nimble josh is quick so (laughs) exactly (laughs) exactly so what what else have we missed i'm trying to think of what we were teeing up for this i feel good about the direction of the cast today uh, we did get a question in chat about remote. Has that changed things? I would lean on you, Bob, more than myself. Cause you know, half of my time has been in a remote world. So from my perspective, like I don't know enough of what it was like pre, uh, for me to speak about the changes. It, it really, so pre COVID pre remote, I never envisioned remote working yeah and then three years later whatever it is post uh even i (laughs) did you see my eyes light up even i an old dog like an incredibly old dog has learned to (laughs) be able to to operate in a zoom world with some tools and things like that so if i can do it and and again you know i've done coaching i never thought that, that I could offer coaching, virtual coaching yeah, yeah. viably. And that works. It's different. Uh, but I don't, I don't think it's much that I think this episode and this, you know, this series, uh, it works on both sides. Uh, I think the advice we're giving is, is general purpose. So I, I don't, and don't let it get in your mind. Now, the thing that I, the thing that I probably, I'm struggling with Josh a little bit is I I think in a virtual world, you need to be adept at like using a tool. So one of my weaknesses is I'm not good on mural Mm -hmm. or Miro. I mean, I can navigate it, but I cannot facilitate a coaching. I can't just pop it up. Oh, let's go to the whiteboard. And I wish I did. Right. So I wish I could do that because I need that ability sometimes. And it's really a problem for me. Now people tolerate that because I have, I have strengths, right? I have value elsewhere. Uh, if I was hitting the red button at the beginning, I think people would expect me to be adept in my tooling. Yeah. Right. Better than I am. I'm pretty lame now. Uh, so I would need to have a tool or partner with someone, uh, like I've had someone who's a Miro facilitator join some of my classes and I've had to pay for that, but it's worth it because now there's two of us. Yeah. So, so, but in the pre-sales sort of things, even in pre-sales, it could be a problem yeah. uh, because you want to, you want to, let me show you, let me give you a picture. Let me show you what's going on. I, yeah. I, I'm not that smooth. Uh, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm not there yet. That's something I've been working on because I've run into so many situations where I've said in my head or I've said out loud, 
man, a whiteboard would make this much more easy. And the tools are there. I just need to build it into my reflex. Like I would say like, hey, let's go find a whiteboard. Um, I am not there yet, but I'm I'm inching my way there. So with a desire to get the whole way there because uh, but, I think I would. But with the red button, yeah. you got you to gotta sort of be there, right? That's what I'm, I'm, and again, you don't have to become, you just have to be really rock solid. So it's a, you're a natural collaborator mm-hmm. in, in those spaces. So I, I, that's the only feedback I have on that one. Yeah. Okay. What else? Any, are we going to stick a fork in it? I feel like the fork is it for, ready. Is it forkable? It's, it's, it's forkable. So this fork currently has three prongs on it. Are we going to add a fourth prong with chapter four next, Robert? Well, we were talking about in chapter four, like keeping the momentum. Yeah. Uh, and I think it's a nice, we don't have to do it. And we could get feedback from Metacasters, but it's sort of like what what's what what's next? Yeah, you've just hit the button. We talked a lot about that today, but what about after a month or two months or quarterly? Yeah. Uh, things like reflections, things things like that. You know, you made a big mistake and you have to pivot. What does that look like? So yeah. stuff like that could be the keep the momentum going. Okay, so next is chapter four. We will tackle that in our next episode. So looking forward to that. In the meantime, go sign up for Walter. Come on. If give, you've listened give it a, this long. Give it a try. Give yeah, it a try. If you've listened this long, I mean, what, you're risking $5? You know, uh, you might spend that at uh, Starbucks. To probably spend more than that at Starbucks. So give it a shot. If you've listened for 50-some minutes, you obviously think we offer some value. So go get that value 24-7. Come on. Oh, my God. Yeah. <laughs> Wake up at 5 a.m. and ask Walter a question. Do it. He's Good there. Luck. He's ready. He's waiting. He's, where, he's there. All right. So from beautiful downtown Cary, North Carolina. And beautiful downtown Fuquay, Verena, North Carolina. I'm Bob Galen. And I am Josh Anderson. Yes, he is. Shake. 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 You got to say shake. Shake. And bake. <laughs> take care y'all sorry i threw a groove off there by dropping some things in there my fault <laughs>